0: And welcome into Socks in the basement. My name is Chris. His name is Ed. Bellying up to the 9-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. And we got 30 minutes of Socks talk for you. And that's, that's all we do. We just sit around and and talk White Sox baseball, and it's all brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. You see that logo right there on our logo, and whatever podcast player that you're using, the phone numbers there will take care of any of your foundational needs. This is the time of year when, like, the pipes swell, and then maybe they break, Uh, or maybe uh, something's going on with the walls, or maybe you're seeing some foundational issues, or maybe you just want to make sure that when the snow melts, when this is all over and the ground thaws, you don't have water in the basement It's a free estimate and they take money off If you mention Socks in the Basement F-A-M-W-S dot com We have a treat today for the next 30 minutes, Ed Yes, we do They cannot join us at the bar as they did last year But this is the official 108 Socks in the Basement crossover episode Welcome, boys My Socks summer, Cherise yeah. E Beef Loaf The most Woo. famous section Hell in yeah. the ballpark Is in the house tonight How are you?
1: Hey, Man, I tell you, I was doing I was doing good until I heard that ad read and thought about how shitty mine's gonna be in like an hour and a half when we're doing our show, and it's like way at the end. And I have like just tiny little notes written that I'm gonna stumble all over. I I really feel demoralized right now, so I might just I might just go on mute for a while, guys. That's awesome. Got an old old Hawk Harrelson just sit here in silence.
2: I I'm happy that. Cherizi is going to be the first one beeped on the podcast cuz he dropped the yeah, he did. Dro- yeah, and dropped so He's going to be the yeah. first one uh beeped on the podcast, which is usually and Ed, I know you're not used to this, but I'm the one that usually gets cut out of the entire podcast cuz I <laughs> swear the entire time. So, uh yeah, Chris doesn't like me in that in that regard. So, but yeah, this is I love this.
0: People will remember that during the season we did the irrational uh, yes. thoughts or ira- something you know talk me out of an irrational thought I can't remember what I yep. called it but well, you would like come on Have an
2: irrational argument an irrational yes. argument
0: that's right yeah and you would come out and you would do it with me and the best part about it was is that you would talk for ah, maybe 10 minutes and I would have about ah, three and a half minutes that I could yep, use pretty much and I still had <laughs> yeah. to bleep some of it but like some of your answers yep. were just like a string of expletives oh. like I was in a Rick and Morty <laughs> episode it was insane <laughs> <laughs> it was bad it was bad hey
2: let's say let's say hello to beeflo first but then i have to yell at you so let's oh. talk to beeflo wow, you guys came on my show to yell at me this is great all right it's about time <laughs> these guys didn't it, but i did
3: all right people, Chris, uh, how are Chris, you good to see you buddy i mean i got a couple treat things for you One, oh. thanks so much for coming on our festivus show those oh, days, yeah. we did a we did a show right before christmas uh it's about four and a half hours long Chris joined us for, I don't know, about forty-five minutes and we just talked some uh some mess throughout that. So really appreciate it. Number two, um, I noticed there's a guy here called Ed, who I've never met, and Dave is nowhere to be found.
0: <laughs> so can you explain a little bit? What's I love the this. They're here? doing this on my show. This is great. Yeah. All right. So this will be fun. All right. <laughs> I am the anti-Dave. <laughs> yeah, he is the anti-Dave. We're, you we're, know. We're. All right. So here, I'll explain to everybody. I knew it would have to be these guys coming on for me to explain what happened to Dave. So I'll explain what happened to Dave. <laughs> we might as well. On socks in the Basement here. And then nice. I'll introduce Ed, because Ed's been on the show now for the last couple of weeks, and he's been doing a wonderful Exclusive. job. Let me
4: give you an intro
0: to it. Right. Previously on Socks in the Basement.
4: Okay.
2: So (laughs) so
0: what happens is, here's the thing. Dave has been my friend since the beginning. He grew up across the street from me. We're separated by about six or seven months in age. And, And that's it. I'm the older of the two of us and we grew up across the street from each other. We've been lifelong friends. Uh, I gave the speech, I was his best man at his wedding, and you know, I we we came up with the idea of doing the show while we were sitting down here at the at the bar one night. Everybody kind of knows that story. We've talked about it. The thing about my friend Dave is that he goes through phases where he locks in on one thing and then mm-hmm. he can't do anything else except for that one thing. So, I would say about 4 or 5 months ago, Dave Got really into Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not making this up. He got so into Dungeons and Dragons that he dressed for Halloween as an obscure Dungeons and Dragons character, and then <laughs> had to spend the entire party explaining to people what character he was because <laughs> nobody knew what he was. What he was, and, and then a larper, right? And he then LARPs. he he took a uh, a room in his in his house. He and his wife, they have no kids. He takes one of the rooms that would have been used maybe for a kid or like an office or whatever. And he just turns it into a Dungeons and Dragons studio. This is complete with shelves, um, giant boards that he crafts. Uh, he makes he makes his own boards with a three D printer. He nice. makes characters with it. He paints everything, and it becomes this incredible obsession. According to his wife Hannah, he has not picked up his guitar to play for fun for about six months because he's been oh, sewing the Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. He doesn't go anywhere. I, I, this is like a lockdown thing that happened to him. And the only thing he was doing that wasn't Dungeons and Dragons related was the podcast because he didn't have the heart. He couldn't bring himself to tell me that he wanted to spend 100% of his waking hours playing Dungeons and Dragons. So when the Tony La Russa hire came along, I think he used it as an excuse. That was real when he blew up. In fact, the original blow up was on my cell phone and he lost it, and he was screaming, and he was yelling and everything else. And then he's like, I'm not coming on. And I had to beg him, like, you can't just leave the show without an explanation. Like, you have to at least come on and express these feelings. So he did for 45 minutes, which I cut down to about five because it was a little excessive. Like, how many times can you call Tony LaRussa a name? And he just... And what's funny is that you probably loved Tony Lewis as a kid, and he, and, and, and I, I keep laughing at him. I'm like, so you've given up the White Sox when we might go out and win 100 games this year. We might be a 90-win team and go deep into the postseason, and you've been waiting for this entire time. But I really think deep down this was all a giant excuse to make more orcs and paint dragons, and he holds a, he holds a Dungeons & Dragons game nearly every day. He has oh like five God. different games. He never plays himself. He just likes being the dungeon master. So he has a Dungeons and Dragons God complex and no longer has time to do the podcast. He was at my house last night. He showed up. We, we exchange Christmas gifts like we do every year. He buys them for the kids. He's my son's godfather. He got nice. a Dungeons and Dragons shirt from me. He lost his mind. <laughs> he was super excited. He had two drinks and he left his wife behind to drive herself home in her car because he had to go home and paint something. So and that was the first time he had done anything with us in like weeks. So this is something weird is going on. Hopefully it doesn't end up on the five o'clock news one day. Like man loses his mind, dresses as a wizard, and runs through the neighborhood, you know, pantsless, uh, you know, firing off a shotgun. I'm hoping this is just a weird little obsession, and he gets over it one day. But that's what happened to Dave. Are there any questions at this point? Like I, I felt like I had to get this all off my chest because I've been holding this in, and you guys brought it out of me. It's a story as old as time. To, to be. <laughs> well,
3: I, want, I wanted to jump in, Chris, just for a second. I want to confer with my, my 108ers, uh, Therese and my sock Summer. I got a question for you guys after we heard all that. Okay? Yeah. We've known Chris for a little bit. You know, he's yeah. uh, We've worked together on some stuff. We've hung out and just got drunk. I have a question for you guys. Do you think that was the truth or an elaborate lie that Chris made up right this second?
2: I'm fifty fifty, to be honest. Wow. <laughs> I, mean, I think I think Chris has told a big story, like but I'm not sure. Like I think I, I know that he's good at doing that, but like the mystery
4: yeah.
0: is what keeps me coming back.
4: You guys know Chris really, really well. You know Chris really, really well. yeah it was, I
0: don't its know. Not, it's not a lie. In fact, you can go back into the Twitter feed. like I know people do this and they find tweets from five years ago. There was a steady string on the Sacks in the basement Twitter feed at one point when Dave first got into the Dungeons and Dragons. And then there's like pictures one night where I'm like, I'm like, he's, he's, he's trying to, he was playing in his socks hat and we, I was like, oh, we're one awaiting. We hashtagged it and he's sitting there as the dungeon master. So there's, this was, this would be one heck of an elaborate lie for me to set it up a, a while ago, <laughs> just, to, just to this point. Like I would have to be pretty crafty to, to come up with that. So, uh, but believe what you want. Meanwhile, let's introduce Ed to everybody. I kind of introduced them to already to the, to the listeners, but I'll introduce them to you guys. Uh, I met Ed at uh, the University of Illinois, and it, about the first radio station I went to work for, WPGU, which was a commercial station. and they gave me a late night overnight weekend show that went from two to six in the morning. And Ed was dumb enough to become my producer slash engineer on that show. And then he was so <laughs> much fun to hang out with in the middle of the night when I went to mornings. He became my morning show uh, producer. And then we went and he was the guy who came into the studio when the ratings came out and said, guess what, you're number one. And I thought he was making fun of me on the air. And he like read the ratings (laughs) book out like he was so excited. And and then that's true. (laughs) After that was over, Ed was rewarded by the station and actually hired to be my boss. And for a while, it was my program director. So we've had a relationship with each other. For, and we've been friends, uh, you know, I mean, like it, we're, oh, we're over two decades. We've been longtime friends. He's a 25 he, years, right, he, something like that, he, 25 yep. years. And he's he's a huge White Sox fan. And he also was on my original podcast that I started back in 2008, the broadcast basement, which later became the 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 whole reason that Sox in the Basement was born. So he actually he has actually been around for like he was there the night that the song was recorded that plays at the end of the show. And he he's nice. been around helping me and he's got a background in a lot of different things like technically so he's always been in the background helping out with stuff you just haven't heard him and then the other thing is that Ed serves as my attorney so when the White Sox finally get around to suing me because they get tired of me picking on Jerry Ryan stuff and find a reason to come after me Ed will be the one defending me, so that's, but that's, now I'm that's on everything. But now I'm on the show now, so they'll name me as a co-defendant, which knocks me right out. <laughs> Wait, now I gotta pay for a lawyer? This is insane!
4: <laughs> i got friends, I know people, we'll be fine. Listen. That's, that's who I it mean, is,
2: yeah. You're not gonna get sued, you're not that special, Chris. I know, like, <laughs> you true. like Nobody's to pretend they don't care that, like, them. you know, like, the Sox are after you, they're gonna get you, but mm, they're not. not. Like, if you haven't noticed, our logo is the exact copy of a Sox logo with, like, three changes, because
0: legally, that's what you have to do. Yeah, but so. Brooks Boyer's like your cousin or something, isn't he? I mean, isn't Brooks uh, like your cousin? Or He's, 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 guy he's my cousin. Three he's my of my cousin. kids. <laughs> you know, I get muscle aches all the time. I've gone from being able to do whatever I want to and not feeling any pain to basically getting pain for any kind of physical activity. Good news. There's a local family owned Southside business that provides a CBD topical that will not break the bank. Creaky Bone Balm offers concentrated relief for creaky bones. It is an effective hemp-based CBD in a rejuvenating balm. And guess what? It's made in small batches, always free of preservatives and all natural ingredients. It's great for muscle aches, tension, inflammation, joint pain. You can even use it for skin ailments like burns and dry cracked skin. Right now, go to creakybone.com and use the promo code BASEMENT. Get 20% off your order. Whether it's physical activity or off-season stress, Creaky Bone's going to help you out. Use that promo code BASEMENT. 20% off your order right now at creakybone.com. I wanted to kind of get into some socks talk with you guys, if you don't mind. I, uh, Absolutely. I, and and, and, and one of the that. things... Why start now? If people don't know exactly who the 108 <laughs> is, you've been listening for a while completely confused. That's uh, a section on the lower level in in the in the park at guaranteed rate. I almost call the Comiskey Park because right you know, field and they're or yeah. in right field. All right, and uh, they are sitting out there at the corner. It's one of those little half sections, and it is. I I I want to say it's the first section in the foul territory, right? Because the poles in it's front of it's partially partially. Yeah, <laughs> it <laughs>
1: depends on how you how you're leaning.
0: It started as like a <laughs> like just a like a a grassroots. Colts fan thing where people go and hang out and they're all over Twitter. It's grown into an empire and they had to hurt more than anybody that they couldn't be at the ballpark in 2020. So, the first question I want to ask them is How confident are you guys you're going to get back to your section and this year? And are you ready to go? Like, if they told you the seats are available opening day, you got to have these couple restrictions, but we'll let you in. Is the one hundred eight returning as soon as they allow him into the ballpark? So I, I, I can go first. I like I should I should like tell people who it is because I can see you on a screen tonight. But Cherisee, <laughs> well, are you going to be going right back in? So it's gonna depend. It's gonna depend. Uh, like so, obviously,
1: if if I get the vaccine or something, which I won't because I am not a doctor. Uh, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> uh, you just play one. <laughs> like, uh, as soon as they let me get it, I will get it. But I, I don't think that that's anytime soon. But I what, what we were talking about at home was, you know, I think I would be able to go and be safe and, and do all the right things. But the question is, like, what's the park going to be like? Because normally when we're in the park, Tons of people come over, like whoever's at the game comes and says hello, and that's probably not going to be a great thing. You know, like I don't want like kind of everybody that I have no idea what they've been doing coming down to the section and being like, hey, what's up, and hugging and kissing. Like that's it's 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 different now. Um, so I, I think that that's where my hesitation is, and just really understanding how it's going to all work, what what the restrictions are going to be, you know, how 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 the park will be for me to, to go back into it. But I'll tell you what, man, I absolutely miss it. It, it. Like it's, it's crushing to not be in there. I mean, like, and having a season where there was not only playoffs, but also like a no hitter yeah. um, that season is just like the most deflating thing I can think of.
0: Yeah. That has to be hard. And you know, one of the things that we brought up on this show uh, and I were talking about it was that it, it's going to be a while before they get to, to my age group. You know, and and, well, yeah, and but the thing bad, is, right. on the other hand, i i talked to a I talked to a doctor friend of mine last night, and he was like, you know, once they give this thing out to the people that are sixty five and old, which is like the next group, it's like once they start giving it out to the sixty year olds and the older, you're going to see a whole different picture of this thing in two months because it's going to look very different because that's one of the reasons why we're all so safe because we just yeah. don't want it to spread and hurt those that are are in the worst shape possible. They can get to the to the people if they can get it to the people with the pre existing conditions. They can get it to the older people. This will look like a very different thing. So that's why I think outdoors. After what NFL did, they, they'll probably and and you know they're itching too because they're already crying poor. So they don't they don't want to say and they don't they're yeah. gonna be if they try to if they don't play all the games or try to prorate the salaries, the union's gonna lose it. We're so close to a CBA. So I expect they're gonna do everything they can to get people in the ballpark. Beeflo, you get the chance to walk in. What's your feeling? Are you are you ready to walk in there right now or or, or what? You know what's funny is is like risk
3: categories. I'm probably the worst out of the three of us because I have asthma, and so I, I have like the the most downside of, of potential. But as of right now, I I am feeling more and more confident that uh, a combination of a lot of people are going to have the vaccine, and people are going to be pretty used to the procedures of just living life with this thing. That I'm feeling more and more safe as we go along. I, I went to the bank for the first time, like three weeks ago or two weeks ago. I hadn't been in a bank since the start of any of this stuff. Like that's how locked down I've been, but you see it. Everyone kind of understands here's the protocol. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to distance. We're going to get masks. We're going to be okay. So I have less of a fear. I I mean, Treasy's right. People do come down to the section and want to, they want to smell
0: us, Chris. I mean, you
3: you can't (laughs) get the full 108-
0: experience of it unless you could smell the one away let's be sure. honest my wife sat down right next to you the first night that we met and i could tell her she, i could tell she was yes. leaning in and trying to get a whiff so yeah very
4: joe biden feel right. from her yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean
4: i'm feeling more and more confident that it's probably,
3: my guess is a little bit of delay on the season and then open up like kind of partial and in, in these parts and i think the one ers waiters will be out there a little bit spread out and then hopefully by the summer you know, we got enough uh, vaccine floating around and enough good weather and that we're we're kind of almost fully in there. It'll
0: be great. You know, my sack summer, I would think that you guys are going to benefit a, a lot from uh, from a partially open stadium, because I would think the sacks are going to want to show as much normalcy as possible. And they may they may every game be like, and here's the one awaits sitting out here. We at least let these guys in like they might only let in 50 people, but they might let you three come in and and, and, and give Benetti something to talk about. Like you guys might you guys might be superstars here at the beginning, be even bigger than you are right now as a feature piece. You know, they can only they can only talk about the same things over and over again. They're going to want to be showing you guys a lot. I would think. Right. I was talking to my uh, kid's
2: godfather, Brooks Boyer, today, and uh, he said, <laughs> we
0: will put you directly
2: behind home plate. We'll put you wherever. But I said, you know what? We want to be in Section 108 yeah. because that's our brand, and that's how we're doing it.
0: Right. No, I, <laughs> then you tell him, then you tell him, but that Crystal Lanuni wants to sit behind home plate, and he's like, who? Nah, like, that's, that's exactly how that conversation goes. Well, it'll be easier to I serve said, you there.
2: I said 500 level for Chris Lanuti and the socks in the basement guys. Like they can, I'm like, it's I don't okay. want them in 300 level. I don't want them getting that mac and cheese brisket sandwich. I want them no. in five where they might have something open. They might not. So that's, that's how I, where it's where I put you, but you're going to be in the park, Chris. So don't worry about it. You're there. You're there.
0: I'd sit in the upper corner just to get in there. Right. No kidding. Right.
2: I'll echo. I I'll echo these guys no. segments. I'm sorry, Ed you're you're new so hold on a second let me talk uh (laughs) (laughs) that was that was 100 a joke i can i'm just looking at ed in the camera and he could probably kick my butt so i'm just gonna let it go and notice i said butt and not ass so i don't get like bleeped and you have to cut me out of this podcast too um i i i'm ready to go back but i'm also i want everybody to be doing what I want to be doing is wearing the mask, washing your hands, doing that stuff. Like that, that and I think that's what it is. I've been out in the public, Chris. Like I've been out there doing my thing, but I also wear a mask and I wash my hands. So like I, I was crazy about washing my hands even before this started. So like this this is just the next the next step. So I just want to get I want to get back. I want to see good baseball and and I'm hoping I'm hoping that our guy White Sox Dave is right where he says season ticket holders will be let in so like it was definitely worth the renewal just to make sure that potentially would happen all
0: right, right yeah you better you better buy season tickets so you are not let you in the ballpark at <laughs> the beginning i guarantee right you. Yeah. like i'm gonna roll that money over just in case socks in the basement listeners do the hard work And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the south side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boots specialty store that carries sizes from six to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115 year old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota and one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything, so why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. We have a new manager. We have a new pitching coach that I am just just enamored with. Every time I read something about him, I just read something today that we're... He's talking about how they're working with Reynaldo Lopez, and he's changed the way that he's how he's delivering. Our remember, this is the guy that now. fixed Lucas Giolito. I, I everybody mm-hmm. always downplays that, but he he made Lucas Giolito a star. And it, and it, I'm fascinated as to whether or not this is going to be the guy with the magic touch. And and I'm really looking forward to that. I I don't feel as though. Tony Larusa is going to be a detriment to this team. I think he's actually going to do a pretty good job, and I was surprised by the hire. But the only thing that made me upset was I didn't feel like Rikin got to pick his guy. That was the only thing that bothered me. But I think Tony Larusso will do good. But looking at the roster right now, there there are definitely some holes. But worst case scenario, they don't go out and do anything else and add any more bats. Have you guys started to form in your minds? How, the kind of everyday roster you'd like to see or everyday lineup you'd like to see the team go with. Last year, there was such a big part of people's complaints. They didn't like Renteria's lineups. I hated Renteria's lineups. We literally we looked through every lineup all, <laughs> over every game yeah. and figured out how many games that he cost the White Sox with his lineups. But uh, have you guys even thought, like, I would like to see this guy moved up. I'd like to see this type of lineup. Has that crossed any of your minds yet as you get ready for the season? Yeah,
3: Chris, uh, this is beef off. Absolutely. I mean, and not to snitch on you, but I listened to a bunch of those shows back then, and you were uh, advocating for Jose Abreu to hit like seventh against right-handed. But that was at the beginning of the season. A little bit off there. So so as much as you didn't like Ricky's lineups, I think they, you know, it's like the third or fourth best offense in the baseball. I think we're okay. Not too bad. Yeah, I've been thinking about it a little bit. and and and. The focal point for me, I I did have one big complaint about Renteria's lineups in general, especially as we got towards the end of the season and we started to figure out what Nicky Madrigal was. I have felt like Nicky Madrigal was a waste in the nine spot because he does two things extremely well that you think you could deploy somewhere else instead of hitting him last. Number one, he gets on base, okay? High on base percentage. Usually you want to put them guys kind of up towards the top of the, the lineup. Number two, He makes contact almost all the time, and that's rare in current baseball. So I always thought, like, why why are they hitting this guy nine? There's no one ever on base. You know, you're getting on the least amount of plate appearances, even though he's a high on base percentage guy. So one of the first things that I would do, I don't know that I would lead Nicky Madrigal off, because I think you kind of have a leadoff hitter already, and I don't want to upset the apple cart.
0: But I'm moving Nick Madrigal kind of up in this lineup a little bit. Would you would you bat him second? Do you think he'd be a good two hitter hitter? He's got it. Because to be. uh, you know, think about what Tadahito Aguchi did for the team just to appeal to everybody's uh uh lust for two thousand and five. Like he came up and he was the kind of guy that understood, like, I gotta put the ball over here. I gotta put the ball over here. It was base hits and advancing and getting on base so that you could get to the heart of that lineup. And he knew when the leadoff hitter wasn't on that it was his job to get on, and Petsednik didn't get on. If he had Petsednik on, his job was to move him, and he seemed to really understand that. I could see a Madrigal being that kind of a hitter in your two spot, although it you do get a little, you know, there's a part of me that goes, ah, Louis Robert Patton, too, with all that speed behind Tim Anderson, that would just be insane to but watch. But speed is
4: overrated in the two-hitter, because unless he's getting on because the leadoff hitter didn't get on, then, you know, all you're doing is just basically putting him there to try and what, get on and be clogged up. If Anderson doesn't advance further than he needs to, So magical is a perfect guy. Cause he's going to move him over. And frankly, I don't think we want magical doing a whole hell of a lot on the bases Cause his arm's going to fall off. If he slaps it down on the ground. That yeah, hard. Somebody needs to <laughs> teach him how to slide.
0: Somebody needs to teach him how to slide. And somebody needs to teach him how to recognize when to go and when not to go. He, he is, he is an atrocious base runner a la Aaron Rowan in the playoffs that, that he is right in that line right there. I, I agree with Ed,
2: and I'm also gonna go one step further, Chris. I'm gonna say he needs to pay attention to his third base coach and his first base coach. Like, don't just decide when you wanna do it and when you don't want to do it. You look at those guys. Those guys, that's their job. Like, let them do it. Like, you fed up enough last year. Just look at your guys.
0: That's okay. Well, you're using the bleep button today. You'll be fine. (laughs) Don't worry about it, okay? But you're you're right. I get that. You know what I wonder about him is that was he because like, he was such a prolific hitter, and it, when he was in college, he, he had some big moments. Did he become the kind of guy that had, like, carblage when he was in, when he was in uh, a college? And then he gets to the pros, and guess what? Everybody's a lot better than they were in college, and he's right. got to learn it. You know what? That guy's going to gun you down. You need to look at your coach. It, I felt like he, the, there were a lot of dumb rookie moves, and that was one of the things that I, I liked about Ricky Renteria because it seemed like he was always a teaching coach. Uh, I think a Tony LaRusso sees Nick Mandrigal do that and he won't see the field for three days. He's more <laughs> of a punishment coach. That's kind of what I think. What do you what do you think, Therese? My thought is is that they have to add
1: someone, and I'll tell you why. Because right now, if I'm looking at the lineup and I'm building the lineup, I'm DHing Eloy every day. And that means that I'm also playing either Adam Engel or Lori Garcia every day in the outfield. And I don't want to do that. That just sounds awful to me.
4: Adam Engel and Larry Garcia don't want to do that either. And
1: when Adam Eaton gets hurt, which he will, which is gonna happen, it's going to happen in spring training. You're playing Engel and Lurie, <laughs> and I don't want to see that. That's that's just gonna. It, that's upsetting to me. Yeah. Now we'd have a fantastic DH. We'd finally have solved the DH problem, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we're not playing in like Oakland. We don't need that outfield. We need, uh, we need some guys that can mash in the outfield. And uh, it, it, and that's, that's kind of my, my, my biggest gripe here. Um, although, you know, you were talking about Luis Robert, moving him up in the lineup, moving him to like two, the two spot or, or higher or not higher, but the, uh, I'm I'm giving T.A.'s the
0: leadoff hitter. He's proved himself. He's got to have that. The problem
1: problem I have with that is, like, he's got so much swing and miss that, like, you don't want that guy in the two spot. He's kind of the opposite of the guy that's going to move the guy over. He's the guy that might hit a home run, and that would be awesome. Or, you know, he he might hit a, you know, a liner that's a double. Those are good things, but there's so much strikeout there. I want him to be lower in the lineup get that figured out the same way they did it with Timmy. Like Timmy was, you know, people were complaining, why, why is right. this guy hitting sixth? And it's like, well, cause he can't hit off speed pitches and they let him learn how to do that. And he, he did. And they moved him up. I would love in a couple of years, if like, you know, we're like, man, we got to move Mancata to like the five spot because there's so many good hitters in front of him that need to be there. That would be fine with me, but I, I don't think we're at that spot right now. And so I, I think you, you've either got to go Nicky Mads at the two spot or you've got to go Makata there. And I'm not ready to do Grandal there. I'd, I'd rather keep him a little bit down too. Um, he's a great hitter, but like, I, I don't, I don't think of him as like a number two hitter.
0: Yeah. I think Makata is going to recover and, and be a much better player this year. And if you have him in the two spot, that's not the worst thing in the world to have. Uh, but you, you're, you guys are right. It's a, it's a, the point about Madrigal, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I hadn't really considered very much the idea of batting him too, but now you've sold me on it, and I'll talk about it on Sox and Basement for the next couple of months and make it my own idea and claim,
3: claim that I came You're up welcome. with it. You're welcome. <laughs> Actually, to be honest with you, I'm, I, I'm, I'm apprehensive about hitting him two. I kind of like him hitting one, or I like him hitting maybe sixth or something because having the bat-to-ball skills like that with runners on base – feels great, but it feels less great when he's hitting second. Anderson's on first, and he's hitting, like, 60% ground balls. Like, we saw a little taste of it last year. He might be fast, but he ain't – I don't run into ground uh, into ground ball, though. plays fast. Right. So, like, you have some risks there that you wouldn't have kind of in other spots potentially for a magical. Can I uh, – Christian, do we have a second for me to push back on trees and his DH slots here? Go for it,
0: man. I'm, I'm on with okay. it. Let's let <laughs> oh. these two guys Whoa. fight. They're brothers, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I don't they are that brothers. they're brothers. They're brothers. And so now they're going to have a brother fight right here on socks in the basement. Go for it. We have to do
3: it. We have Absolutely. to do it. Treesy Okay, I get
0: it. You want to put, Eli, but
3: we're not putting Eloy because I can't look at Adam Engel play every day. I know everyone loves Adam Engel, <laughs> and I like Adam Engel in small doses too. Okay, it's You're, like you if, know I if treat you could, a if you, bit, not every day. Okay? If you but give I,
1: me Zach Collins, I'm gonna be so upset. I'm gonna be Zach so Collins set. at
3: DH. Okay, <laughs> Zach Collins at DH in the eight hole. And here's what we're doing. All right, he just got up and left. That's awesome. <laughs> Crazy, come back, come back. You're gonna like this idea. Okay, He's got up and walked. You, you and he I left and left. You and I do not believe in Zach Collins. Correct. We're not fans of Zach Collins. Like I don't believe in him. Like I don't believe he exists. That's how much <laughs> I don't believe in him. <laughs> okay, I, I I'm not quite there. I think it's possible he becomes a good hitter, but I don't think it's likely. But you throw him out there. You give him two months, let him hit the D, and then you know for sure this guy is good or no good, and you can throw him out. Right now, there's still a little bit of ambiguity, and they still kind of like have him hanging around. If you realize he stinks, you can park him permanently at AAA and move on from him, right? But you can't kind of do it unless you look at him. I don't want to look at him in a pennant race. Let's look at him in April and May. And see what he's got. This offense is pretty good. No one will be hurt yet, hopefully. I mean, except for Adam Eaton, as Ed said, it was probably very likely he'll be hurt. Right? Okay. Let's just take now. a look. Can we get a little look Chris, at him, Trey?
1: Chris? Can I say something really quickly? Go, go for it. It's your show, guys. Back back to our original <laughs> uh, back, back to your original question about being in the park. Yeah. I absolutely need to be in the park now with Beef. So when when he's when Zach Collins is basically yonder Alonzo, I can punch beef in the junk right. because that's that's what he deserves for this idea.
0: Another thing that uh, kind of came to mind here because of the the Adam Eaton comments. Now uh, we've we've already touched it on this show, and I'm willing to give him a chance that maybe he's matured a little bit. Scott Merkin was on the show a few episodes ago. It was like, he you know he's hit kids, he's matured a little bit. I think he'll do better and everything. I don't know if I believe that. But I am curious. You guys come up with amazing merchandise all the time. In fact, plug it, my sack summer. You sell a ton of stuff. Where, where do they go? Where are they going to go buy all these things that just say 108 on them? <laughs> hey, you know what I do? This is what I, mean, I do. How much you of Google? a cut does How much a cut does your kids' godfather Brooks get out of that? That's know.
4: <laughs>
2: you know, that's I. I have a story for that, but I'm not going to get. Well, I will get into it. Rick Hahn said to us, he's like, hey. I have heard of you guys, and this was 2016, so it was a a flat lie. A (laughs) lie, a 100% lie that he said that he'd heard of us. And he said, and we're still waiting for that check, you know, because of all your merchandise. And I was like, okay, buddy. (laughs) <laughs> like I go, I said once we make we're, money, we're the reason we don't have Bauer right now. Right, right. Uh, exactly.
4: We're holding on. Hold on. Cut merch. the check already, guys.
2: <laughs> I go once we make money, we will send you some money. And so when we do that, we'll we'll definitely do that. But uh, no, uh, from the one hundred eight dot just go check it out. Then you can you can hit our merch shop on the side. We have a lot of stuff now. Eaton, what are, what
0: are you hitting at? Okay, Chris? so here's my thing. I'm wondering, is there going to be a merch like? Uh, the Drake uh, Laroche uh, 108 section, or something really oh, funny. Oh no no like, no! Uh, will see, there be Will there be a jab, especially if he comes out and he has a bad season or starts acting like an ass? Like if he I does that, does the 108 out where he's going to be playing <laughs> baseball do something funny? That's Chris, how, now, we we
1: honestly cannot talk about this right now. Yeah. <laughs> Did yeah, I so hit on something?
0: B yeah, just laughing you, and put his head down.
2: i
1: you, They, are doing, God, you they are doing something. They are doing something. <laughs> you nailed something so amazing. <laughs> right there uh, and we cannot say anything but you guys to are gonna find out okay. soon it's
0: gonna be a big money maker for my socks yeah. yeah. no yeah. you're
2: you're gonna enjoy it and i think a lot of people are enjoying it. it's gonna go cross gender too it's not just a it's not just a male thing it's a it's a very female thing too so okay. uh there's gonna be some stuff that goes out that people are going to enjoy trust me I'm, yes I'm, I'm yes. Super pumped about this, this something good. i wanted yeah. to do in this first run with the white Sox, and he got traded in 2016, so we couldn't do it, so it got shelved. But the best thing about shelves sometimes is this can come back, right? And so, like, I, I redesigned something and it's coming back. So yeah, get ready, get no, ready. No, well, I'm
0: absolutely. I'll in, you. That first of all, Ed knows this from his time in radio, and I do as well. That's an amazing tease right there. Oh, that's that just happens. Happens. <laughs> it's An amazing tease. Like, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the show with that amazing tease because you, you, my show is only are, a half hour and we're at the end of it. But I mean, that, that's an absolutely incredible tease I look forward to getting back into the ballpark I look forward to talking baseball with you guys uh I look forward to sitting in the Goose Island section on the other side of the waterfall and uh waving to you uh and well 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 somebody brings while your my dad
2: sits with us and talks to
0: us he does not you <laughs> he likes <Yeah>. <laughs> he does he likes <laughs> you guys so yeah but I, I I look forward to all of us getting together very very soon and I I, I can't I can't wait for that day. And I also, though, look forward to what the 108 has in store uh, for when the season begins and when they finally can get back into the stands, because I think it's something you're going to be watching for on the television or, you know, I I guarantee you they pop up early on because the Sox are going to be so excited to show fans. And these guys, you've been you've been doing this section now for a long time. This has become a cult thing amongst White Sox fans. I love it. Ed loves it. We're we're excited about it. I can't wait to see what happens. So Teresi E. Beefloaf My Sox Summer. I wanna say thank you very much for coming on Sacks in the Basement. Thanks thank so much, you. Ooh, Thanks, thanks up, man. All right, and this show will continue because now I'm gonna pour myself a beer and join their show. Yeah, I get to swear so- on that show. I'm dropping Woo. all the f bots All of them. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement.
3: Socks
1: in the basement.
3: Socks in the basement. In the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts podcast can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.